जब पेन्टिकोसको दिन आयो तिनीहरू सबै एकै ठाउँमा भेला भएका थिए अनि स्वर्गबाट अचानक ठूलो बतासको झोका जस्तै एउटा आवाज आयो र तिनीहरू बसेको पूरा घरै भरिदियो आगोका जिब्राहरू जस्ता तिनीहरू कहाँ देखा परे र भाग भाग भएर तिनीहरू हरेक माथि बसे अनि तिनीहरू सबैजना पवित्र आत्माले भरिए र पवित्र आत्माले तिनीहरूलाई दिनुभएको उच्चारण बमोजिम तिनीहरू अन्य भाषाहरूमा बोल्न लागे स्वर्ग मुनि भएको हरेक देशबाट ईश्वर भक्त यहुदीहरू त्यस बेला यरुसलिममा बसेका थिए तब यो आवाज सुनेर भिड जम्मा भयो तिनीहरू आश्चर्यचकित भए किनकि हरेकले आ आफ्ना भाषामा तिनीहरू बोलिरहेका सुन्यो तिनीहरू सबै आश्चर्यचकित भए र अचम्म मानेर भन्न लागे कि यी बोल्नेहरू सबै गालीलेहरू होइनन् र कसरी तिनीहरू हरेकले हाम्रा आफ्ना मातृभाषामा बोलेको हामी सुन्छौँ हामीहरू यहाँ पार्थीहरू मादीहरू र यलामीहरू र मेसोपोटामियाका यहुदियाका कापाडोकियाका पेन्टस र एसियाका बासिन्दाहरू छौँ अनि फ्रिगिया पामफिलिया मिस्र र कुरेनीमा पर्ने लिबियाका कतिपय क्षेत्रहरू र रोमबाट आएका यहुदी र यहुदी मत मान्नेहरू दुबै छौँ क्रेटका बासिन्दाहरू र अरबीहरू पनि छौँ अनि हामी आ आफ्ना भाषामा परमेश्वरका महान कार्यहरूको चर्चा तिनीहरूले गरिरहेका सुन्दछौँ तिनीहरू सबै आश्चर्यचकित भए र अन्योलमा परेर एउटाले अर्कालाई यसो भन्न लागे यसको अर्थ के हो तर अरूहरूले हाँसो गरेर भने तिनीहरू नयाँ मदले मातेका छन् Good morning. It is still just about morning, isn't it? Yeah, we're there still. Um, so, uh, good morning. My name is Steve. For those of you who I've not met before, I'm part of the team here at FCC. And it's great to have you with us today, whether you're here in the room or joining us online as well. Um, just before, oh, in fact, no, one moment. Thank you to Cerise for sharing with us there in his native language, Nepali. Thank you, Cerise. So, just before that, um, we asked that question. Uh, have you ever tried speaking a second language? What is it and how did it go? Three questions in one today. So let's hear it. Anybody experience of second languages? French. French, Spanish, English, absolutely. Hands up if English is your second language. Like, I applaud you. You are amazing. Great effort. Um, any other languages? Scouse, absolutely. Gracias. Spanish over there, wonderful. Any other languages? How good is this? I can't even hear what languages they are. They're just Greek. Greek, fantastic. Sorry, it all sounded Greek to me. Um, sign language, super. Sorry, I can't even see where it's coming from. It's bright. Sign language, fantastic. Lots of languages here in the room. Um, let me tell you quickly my experience. Uh, a couple of, well, uh, about three years ago, we started something here called Lunch Club. And uh, quite um, quickly, our lunch club, um, we ended up where we had about 50% of people who came to lunch club speaking Arabic. And so I decided to attempt to learn Arabic. And so I downloaded the Duolingo app 
and uh, went on a journey of 18 months of learning Arabic. And Duolingo is good fun because it has this kind of thing to encourage you to come back where you have to build up your streak, your, your kind of daily streak. Um, if any, there are people that interpret this sermon and the word streak might be a bit confusing at this point, but um, I built up like a daily kind of thing of going on this app. And uh, um, the, 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 the families that came to our lunch club, they were brilliant with letting me just try out my Arabic on them. And then this one day, the way Duolingo works is it kind of gives you these kind of strange sentences as a way to help you kind of learn a wider part of um, the vocabulary in that language. And one day I was speaking to one of the mums who um, would kindly let me practice my Arabic on her. And I said this sentence to her. I was really confident. I learned it in the week. And I said to her, um, you are a smart woman, because this was like the phrase that I learned. She looked absolutely gone out at me. And I thought, oh dear, something's gone wrong. Um, she then laughed, and I thought, oh no, something's really gone wrong. And it turned out I'd said to her, you are a clown of a woman. <laughs> so uh, learning languages, hey, it's not easy, is it? And I really wish that I had made more of an effort um, with like, learning a language growing up. Um, why are we talking about languages? And actually, kind of, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, I guess you'll have noticed by now that we've got different languages sharing from the Bible with us. And the reason why we're, we're kind of celebrating languages, if you like, and talking about languages is because something happened in the early church that is both kind of mind-blowing and baffling at the same time. We're in a series at the moment called Roots and Shoots, And in this series, we're looking together at um, what can we learn from the roots of the church, and also, at the same time, we're believing for shoots of growth like the early church experienced. Although, if you read Acts, they went from 120 to 5,000. That might be a bit of a logistical issue, but we're believing for growth, aren't we, church? Yeah, yeah we're believing for growth in our community as we seek to help our community. And so in this series, we've come to Acts chapter 2, and we looked together at Acts chapter 2, um, the start of it, last week. In the first week, we heard about this group of people that came together, this group of confused and um, marginalized people that society were marginalizing, and this group of curious people. And we've been looking at them, and we looked last week at how the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit, who's part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God, fell upon these people in a powerful, in a miraculous way. And uh, as we looked at what the last week, who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does, we saw that he comes and he does so many different things for different people. And it's been so nice this week just to hear about what the Holy Spirit has done in people's lives, the Holy Spirit coming and bringing peace into people's lives and, and different things. And what we learned together is that the Holy Spirit is for us all today. And so we're believing and continuing to believe that the Holy Spirit wants to come alongside us and help us and to do something fresh in all of our lives. And uh, last week we got up to verse 4 of Acts chapter 2. And so we won't actually read through that together today, but just a quick summary. The Holy Spirit came in a powerful way. The Holy Spirit came, and what we read is that everyone present, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, we'll just jump to verse 4 if that's okay, Summer. In verse 4, it says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, 
and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So when I said before about how um, in Acts chapter 2 we see this kind of mind-blowing and baffling thing that takes place with languages, that's what happened. These people started speaking in languages that were not their own as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And then we'll continue the story together. It says in verse 5, it says, At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation staying in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, remember it says that the Holy Spirit came with like wind and fire. Everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. We'll just pause it there for a moment. So that was verse 5 and verse 6. What was happening at this time is that there was something going on called the Pentecost Festival. Now, there were three festivals in Jewish culture, and in these three festivals, um, many Jews had been dispersed to surrounding nations, but when these festivals took place, um, the Jewish people would pilgrimage. They'd make their way to Jerusalem. And that's really important for us to understand because what that means is that suddenly here in Jerusalem, there were many different languages in Jerusalem. Some estimates say that the population of Jerusalem at the time was um, 100,000. But what they say is that when these Jewish festivals took place, it would go from being 100,000 people in Jerusalem to suddenly about 1 million people in Jerusalem. And so people would come and they'd stay in perhaps a relative's house or they'd book into the uh, Jerusalem Premier Inn or typically speaking, what a lot of them would do is they'd camp in tents around the city walls. And so Jerusalem has suddenly come alive with many, many people who speak different languages. Has anybody ever been to a festival? Hands up if you've ever been to a festival. Anybody ever experienced the traffic that takes place when Creamfields is on? Around like Warrington, Runcorn there. Um, if you if you're try to get through Warrington and Runcorn at the time that Creamfields is on, you just can't. It's an absolute nightmare. And this was kind of like the Creamfields of their day. <laughs> kind of. Different. But you see the point here. Probably you don't. But anyway, suddenly everybody is just descending upon Jerusalem. It is crazy busy. And there's all these different languages that are represented. The disciples, this group of people that we've been looking at, who made up and started the early church, they would have spoken in a language called Aramaic. And Aramaic is the same language that Jesus spoke. It was a common language of the Galilee region. They probably would have also spoken um, Greek, which was the political language of the Roman Empire. So I don't know who it was that said Greek, but how good is that? Um, they would have spoken Greek as well, which was the Roman Empire language. And then maybe some of them would have spoken Hebrew as well from their training in the scriptures if they'd had that growing up. But what's really important for us to understand is that the languages that we see that they were suddenly able to speak in, it wasn't Aramaic, it wasn't Greek, and it wasn't Hebrew. These were languages that they did not speak. And this group of festival goers that we see had arrived in Jerusalem were suddenly able to hear their own languages spoken. 
This was the miracle here of Pentecost. A group of Aramaic speakers suddenly speaking in these new languages. They didn't have GCSE lessons in how to speak like a Parthian or an Elamite. They didn't have access to Duolingo's latest course on how to speak like a Cretan. Um, this wasn't the result of taking a Rosetta Stone course in Egyptian. Anybody familiar with Rosetta Stone, or is that just like a really old reference? A few of you. I once convinced Ruth to let me buy a Rosetta Stone CD-ROM of how to speak Hebrew. She said, you, you won't use it, you won't. And I said, like, I will, I will. She was right. But this wasn't Google Translate. They didn't have the Say Hi app that we talk about here on a Sunday. This was a miracle of languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this gift. Let's just finish this here and see what it says happened. It says in verse 7, they were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all, this is like the key here, we all hear them speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. They stood there, it says, amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. And I love this picture that Luke, who wrote Acts, gives us here of this group of people who are just stood around in absolute awe and amazement at what has just happened. They can hear their own language being spoken. And so I think that the miracle of Acts 2 is that people heard about the good news of Jesus being spoken in their own languages. That's the miracle here of Acts chapter 2. People could hear their own languages being spoken. Now, those of us for whom English is our first language, we possibly don't really know what that feels like because we live in a nation where English is the majority language. Maybe you've been on holiday abroad somewhere and you've had that real sense of relief when somebody says, it's okay, I speak English too. But, you know, there are many in our church family who don't know, sorry, who do know what it feels like to, to, to not have the, your first language spoken kind of in the majority. And so let's just try and picture for a moment what it must have felt like for these group of, this group of people who had come to Jerusalem for this festival and perhaps they were hearing a lot of things in a language that they didn't understand, but then suddenly they heard the good news of who Jesus is in their own language. And there are a multiple of languages represented amongst um, Foundry Community Church, and I love that. I wonder um, if there's anybody here who knows what this means. Now, bear with me for a moment. Jesu Walai. Anybody know what that means? Oh, crumbs. Thank you, Kemi. Does that sound, you recognized it kind of? Was my pronunciation off there? 
I was, it was awful. <laughs> Tayo gave me that pronunciation. That should have been Yeruba, but it didn't seem like it was. Okay, let's try something else. Aces undast. Aces undast. Anybody familiar with what that means? Okay, this is going really well. <laughs> let's try this one. Isus iesta vio. Oh, no. <laughs> Have I murdered it? Have I really ruined that one? Okay. Oh dear, this was not how I thought it would go. Let's try this. Ezus Jawi. Oh no, I'm getting blank looks everywhere. Did that not mean anything to you, Nelly? No? It, yes, it made sense. Okay. Okay, right, let's try one more. Let's just hope for the best here. Uh, let's try this. Yeah, this one might work. Jesu e vivo. Jesus is alive. There we go. Phew. Phew, we got one of them right. No, no, I don't want your applause for that. That was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Now, the point of that was to hope that maybe there might be some joy in the room because what I was saying was that Jesus is alive in some different languages. It turns out the opposite of joy just took place, but never mind. Jesus is alive, is what I was allegedly saying. I'm going to have to speak to Tyre, who provided me with that there, because it clearly wasn't right. All my pronunciation actually was terrible by the looks of it. Um, anyway, uh, it didn't quite work out as I'd hoped, but it was kind of to try and show you what it might feel like if you don't speak this language, but suddenly you hear this good news in your own language. And so if I was to say, Jesus is alive... That's good news, right? I got that one right, yeah? Jesus is alive. And what happens in Acts chapter 2 is this moment led to some incredible growth in the church. If you think about it, this moment here in Acts chapter 2 is what would eventually lead to a church being in a place called witness. How good is that? How good is it that the Holy Spirit came and moved in this powerful way? People could hear the things that Jesus had done. Now, this at this point was just the Jews that could hear what Jesus had done. But they would go back to their communities, to the places that they represent, to their countries, and suddenly they're armed with this good news that they could tell people around them, hey, have you heard about Jesus? He's this man, and he did some incredible miracles, and actually he died, but you know what? Then he came back to life again. How good is that? This good news, it begins to spread. As we look at the, the miracle of Pentecost, I like what um, a Baptist minister and author called Asoba Otebi says. He says this, he says, it is important to remember that the Christian message is not bound to a single language. Now maybe some of you knew that, and you're thinking, well, yeah, that's a really obvious thing to point out to us. Maybe, though, some of us need to be reminded today that English isn't the original language that the gospel was spoken or written in. Something that started out in Hebrew, in Aramaic, in Greek, literally exploded in its reach as the Holy Spirit came in power and filled up the early church. In a moment, this church went from being confined to an upper room, confined to this group of Aramaic speakers, and suddenly it would go to the ends of the earth. 
And I love how our church is made up of so many different nations, so many different tribes, cultures, and languages, so many people who are so gracious when we try their language, but we mess it up. I love the, the mix of cultures that we have represented amongst us as a church. There's so much richness to learn from one another and our different cultures. And Asoba goes on to say this in his book. He says, our different cultures shape the way we see the world and read and interpret the Bible. They also determine the kind of theology that we practice. I went to a, um, a seminar that Asoba did at a conference a few months back, and um, just he talked about his book, and I went away and I read it. It's called Building Cultural Intelligence, and I just want to really recommend it for anybody who is interested in growing in your cultural intelligence and awareness. And this book is written from a church perspective, but also for business leaders, for people of influence in charities and organizations, and it's a great learning experience to kind of connect our experience of Christians and what it means to understand other cultures. But the point he's making here is so important because as we have this incredible mix of diversity and ethnicities in our church family, it's important to remember that we don't all read the Bible in the same way. And here's why, because in our cultures, we have had different experiences and you know, in our experiences, that could be the, 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 the monstrosity of war. It could be that people are here today because if they were in their home country to be a Christian, they would be persecuted for it. It could be that people are here today because they've experienced a famine where they're from. It could be that there are different class systems going on that mean that for them, they are a minority. They are marginalized by their society. And so they've come here for a better life. It could be that they're fleeing violence. Whatever it could be, when you think about those things, those of us who have just lived sheltered lives here in the UK, like the way that we read the Bible will be so different because of our experiences. And so we need to learn from one another. We need to share with one another. We need to journey through those experiences together. And we need to grow in our understanding of different cultures. I think that is something that if you're a follower of Jesus is super important to do. And let me say on behalf of us as a lead team, it's something that we are aware as a church that we need to get better at. We recognize that leadership across all aspects of our church needs to reflect more the multi-ethnic church that FCC is. We don't have an answer for what that looks like yet, but we're talking about it. We're having conversations with other people that have been through that and have got more wisdom than us. We're asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. But we want our services and our ministries and the events that we do to reflect more the different cultures that are represented among our church family. Because that's a good thing when we learn from each other's cultures. It's not just a challenge, though, for us as a church, but I think for all of us individually, wherever we are, whatever we do, in our own contexts, we can all step outside of what might be familiar and learn about other cultures to study, to visit, and to celebrate other cultures. We could have um, conversations with people in our connect groups, our 
communities. Perhaps it's on the school playground with a, uh, another parent or it's in the workplace. About their cultures. It's about being inquisitive and ready to learn. Could be just reading a book or watching a documentary or watching a film that celebrates another culture. Maybe it's studying a different language. Even if that's just being able to say a few words to somebody, to greet them, to say hi in their own language. Um, some, I mentioned this before. We often have talked about this app called the Say Hi app. And I just want to recommend it. It's a great app. It's an app which allows somebody just asked last week what I was doing when I was talking to somebody using this app. And what we do with this app is it means you can have a conversation with somebody who perhaps doesn't speak English. And it's great. The, it's, a, it's, a, it's got so many different languages on it. Because us speaking different languages, it doesn't need to be a barrier to having conversation with people. Now, it's, a, it's an AI app, which means it has its flaws. Sometimes conversations can take a bit longer. I had a great conversation with somebody once where, um, and we joke about this now, but they said something, it interpreted it to me, and it said, deaf to the food bank. <laughs> and we looked at each other and we thought, Turns out they meant the exact opposite, by the way. I just need to clarify that. So sometimes it has its shortfalls. But you know, it's a great thing to be able to try and make an effort to speak to people who perhaps don't look like us or sound like us. It's a Holy Spirit-led unity thing that was started here in Acts chapter 2 in the early church. How can you grow in your cultural awareness and understanding? As we look at the early church, we see this amazing picture of a multicultural church, a group that represented different ethnicities, races, different languages that came together. But what we see is that there was a unity, a unity amongst them, an incredible unity, a miraculous unity that came from the Holy Spirit filling them up and helping them to then go and reach out to their cultures. And it's that unity in diversity that ultimately is a picture of heaven. And if we can find that unity amongst us here at FCC, then it can be a great example to our children, to our families, to our places of education, to our work, to our communities, and the surrounding areas. The church needs to learn how to have difficult conversations, but with unity and with love at the center. And in the early church, we've got a great example of this being played out. This is our roots, the unity that comes from the Holy Spirit. And we need to show the world, and we need to show our communities that we can coexist with one another. There can be differences, but those differences don't mean that one race or one culture is better than the other. It's just that there's differences, and we can celebrate those differences together. We can celebrate each other's cultures. I think that the church is positioned to tell a better story, and that's why we need to have these conversations. It's about allowing the, the Bible to give us a vision for the church. It's about looking at Acts chapter 2 and seeing this unity that came amongst different cultures. 
It's about looking at the end of the scriptures in Revelation 7, 9, when it talks about the different tribes and languages being there before the throne of God, worshiping together. A multi-ethnic, diverse, cultural church is a great picture of what heaven will be like. And so we need to embrace it, and we need to grow in what that looks like. In Acts chapter 2, we've looked together today. It shows us that the Holy Spirit shakes up the church, spreading the good news to the end of the earth. And we're going to just jump forward somewhere, if that's okay, to our map. Because what happens then, eventually, after Acts chapter 2, is that the good news arrives in Nepal. It arrives in Iran. It arrives in Thailand, in Poland, in Ukraine, in Romania, in Nigeria, in Kenya, in Ghana, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, in Eritrea, in Italy, in Germany, in Fiji, in Austria, in Iraq, in Syria, in Turkey, in Pakistan, in Trinidad and Tobago, in the Philippines, in Brazil, in Ireland, and in the UK. And if I've not mentioned the culture that in, in Greece, if I've not mentioned the culture that you represent and you're here with us today, then I'd love to hear from you. But that's a map of what Foundry Community Church looks like around the world, represented here among us in our church family. We ask the Holy Spirit today to help us to grow in our cultural awareness that his unity would come among us.